How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of my radio show, Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you like the show and you want to hear episodes the day they come out, check out Radio Free Brooklyn every Monday at 3 p.m. You're about to hear the episode where I interviewed Judy Garland, played by comedian Megan O'Neill, and Paul Revere, played by comedian Sean Taylor. Uh, I want to remind you guys to check out the Kellyanne Conway Technique. That is my book, my first book. It's being published by Skyhorse. It's coming out on August 22nd. There's going to be a book release show on the 7th of August at the Magnet Theater at 7.30 p.m., but you can pre-order it. Go to Amazon, go to barnesandnoble.com, get those pre-orders happening. I want to see some movement with this book, guys. It's like 150 pages of me making fun of Donald Trump and Kellyanne Conway. It's hilarious, regardless of what your politics is. Just go check out Kellyanne Conway Technique. Google it. It is written by myself, Jared Berenstein. I'm really excited about it, and I hope that you will read it and that you will love it. And also, if you want to shoot us an email, uh, that is famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We love hearing from fans, and also subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, rate five stars, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Revere and Judy Garland only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories dead stuck people. in the heads. Just gonna hear vocal phone, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American singer, actress, and vaudevillian Judy Garland, and early American industrialist and patriot of the Revolutionary War, Paul Revere. Ms. Garland. Mr. Revere, thank you so much for being with us here on Famous Dead People. Oh, thank you so much for having oh, me. Oh, thank you, Jack. Yes, it's such an honor to be here. Uh, now, I'd like to start uh, with you, uh, Mr. Revere. You were a renowned engraver and industrialist, but of course, yeah. you were instrumental in America's victory during the Revolutionary War. Uh, the ride. Uh, right. You've yes, got to ask about that, the ride. 100%. That is what you are most well known for. Your favorite, your, 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 your famous midnight ride through towns in Massachusetts warning the colonial militia that the British were coming. Uh, but correct oh, me if yes. I'm wrong, because I read that what we all learn in school is that you were shouting, the British are coming, the British are coming. But according to the history, that's not actually what you were saying um, to warn people, because if you had shouted that, there were British troops around that would have heard that, yeah. and, and they would have you know, like arrested you or something. So you had to be slyer. Is that true? Is that is that oh, the actual t- history of it? Totally, totally true. I mean, uh, we were t- technically British, I suppose. <laughs> so I couldn't exactly say a, a British. I'm again. coming. Yeah. I'm coming. Here I am. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we did it well, sort of in code. Like, did you, so did you think of yourself as, as being a British person then, or had you already adapted yourself? Were you already oh, like, oh, we're was, Americans now, you know? I was a part of a fraternity called the Sons of Liberty. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, oh, so much fun. We had so much fun. There was a lot of drinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's but, like a but fraternity, that... but oh, we definitely didn't like British. Oh yeah, so you didn't think of yourself as a British person. You thought no, of yourself no. as a son of liberty. Is that uh, right? Is that the, right? the British were the uglies. I said the uglies are coming. The uglies mm. are. That yeah. was what you actually said. You said the uglies are coming. Oh, I shouted that all along the ride, and that was a bumpy ride. Interesting. Yeah, okay, no. so you don't think that the so, British? So you were you were bumping uglies basically ah. when when you were. Uh, Ooh, going that's down pretty. That's ride. pretty clever, Miss Garland. Oh, well, thank you. I've, I've always wondered where that phrase came from, and now I. I I think could, we just discovered that could where, be the derivation of it. Well, you're welcome. You bumping around the, the road, shouting, "The uglies are coming! Mm. The uglies are coming!" I find that really fascinating. Yeah. So you think that shouting, "The uglies are coming," would not have tipped off the British that you were talking about them? I would. Oh, I mean, British people think they look good. They, they really, they, <laughs> That's a, they probably were sitting around. Being, well, he's definitely not talking about us. You know, like we are. You know, pretty pretty good looking people. You right. know, but well, we, we colonists, we had like a, a little understanding that the code, you know, uglies meant. British, they British people. Yes, that under- I can understand that. And yeah. they were tough to decode, you know. Wonderful. And so, and so, the entire thing went out of went out of hit. You just shouted, "The Uglies coming! The Uglies are coming!" The entire way through, like three or four different towns in Massachusetts, if I'm if I'm remembering the history correctly. And uh, everybody, everybody there knew what you were talking about when you said the Uglies are coming. They all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. Uh, 
It was quite a ride, though. I mean, I, I must admit, I, I'd never ridden a, a horse that, that far. It's a, it's a long distance. Is it difficult to ride a horse that long of a distance? Uh, I mean, on a map of Massachusetts, doesn't look that big, but it, it's big. Hmm. It's, it's a long way, and uh, it's a bumpy bumpy ride, especially because I, I forgot to saddle the horse. Oh, oh so you did goodness. that bareback. Yeah, oh, it was bareback. That I is, tried side saddle. I tried was, it all. It you, was, you were bumping Ugly's bareback. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had yeah, to for the country. To, for the country. Interesting. Yes, I understand. I'm, that, that is so uh, a romantic of an image. You don't even have time to put a saddle on your horse. You just you just jump on it, just like you know. It, 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 it almost seems like a romance novel, like so passionate, <gasps> like you're just throwing care to the wind, that sort of thing, right? Oh yeah. Yes, actually, uh, when Mickey Rooney and I did a, a movie uh, uh, that was called uh, "The Yankee Dander a Doodle." Uh, the Yankee Dander, Dander a Doodle. Doodle. Yes, that hmm. never actually reached uh, the movie screens. It was shelved oh. at MGM. <laughs> but uh, in that particular sequence, Mickey, who was playing Paul Revere at the time, he just. Leapt on the horse bareback, much as you as you just described. And, oh, he's so good. And the music swelled behind him. And it was a wonderful. <laughs> ride. I mean, that, that, that does sound really magical. It's a, it's, it's a shame magical. that that movie didn't make it to uh, to release. Yes, but you know, maybe one day it'll be available on the internet or mm, something. Maybe. Like well, that. the internet has that way of just like collecting uh, things, you know, that you though? really think yeah. just disappear forever. Mm-hmm. Deleted movies. I gotta ask. Like, I know that movie making was different back in the day, back when you were active, especially mm. like when you were young doing movies. With Mickey Rooney, but mm-hmm. would that happen sometimes where they would make movies? They were making movies so fast and loose that they would just make a movie and just be like, oh, this isn't very good, let's just not release it. Did yes. that happen a lot? Yes, a lot of the time. And then a lot of the time what people don't understand is that they just mash up movies willy-nilly. Like The Wizard of Oz, that's why it's half in black and white and <gasps> half in color. Oh, my Because it God. originally started out as a different movie. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So The Wizard yes. of Oz was actually two separate movies that somebody in Hollyweird yes. was mm-hmm. like, let's just slap these together yeah. and make it one film? Yes, exactly. That's and, incredible. and they just thought they would cut some corners and then, you know, stitch all the stories together. And to my understanding, that's how it all happened. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of... Uh, that, that brings up a lot more questions. But I do want to ask you about The Wizard of Oz uh, for a moment because, you know, we talked about Paul Revere's ride being, like, the thing that he's most famous for. Yes, And, yes. you know, even though you had such an illustrious career with so many, you know, uh, ups and downs and, you know, the stage and the screen and... Uh, you know, and, and the sidewalk, and, and, the, sidewalk. and the subway, yeah, everywhere, and, everywhere, and horses and chariots. And uh, but the Wizard trains. of Oz is mm. definitely your seminal work, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering when you do a movie that's that iconic and that beloved. Do, do you think like you know, I just I knocked it out of the park. Time to time to have a nice ride for the rest of my life. Or were you always like? chasing the Wizard of Oz for that point. Like, oh, am I always going to try to do something that's better than that? That's better than Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah. you know, yes, for most of my life, I thought, this is interesting. Let's see if we can top this. And then, mm-hmm. inevitably, you never do. Mm. And that leads to depression. Uh, you know, it was v- very sad when you realize, oh, well, you know, I made that movie when I was 14, and they, mm-hmm. they told everybody I was 12. So it seemed that I was even younger than that uh, to most people. I, I know what so, you mean. I mean, that I, did that, weird. I did the ride when I was very young. Yes. I, how, how, how old were you when you you did Paul Revere's ride, Mr. Paul Revere. Well, I looked 15, but I was 18. Mm-hmm. So you were an 18-year-old boy who looked 15. Yeah, that's what I everyone used to say. I think it's weird that they would tell people that you were 12 when you were actually mm-hmm. 14. There's not a big difference between a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. Why not just uh, say well, to certain people, you were 14? Certain people out there, I think there's a big difference <laughs> in those But I don't like years. to think that I peaked, you know, at 18. I, no. I mean, I, I was... True. I well, I mean, you both had stuff. you both had incredible careers after your most iconic activity being it, you know, the ride through uh, Massachusetts or the Wizard uh, of Oz. I redid the ride, by the way, when I was oh, you when did I was it a couple 60. times. Yeah, when I was 60, I redid the ride. No. Oh, yeah, oh my it, goodness. It's oh, weird my. calling it the ride, by the way, because it kind of feels it is like, like a roller coaster. Yeah, I know. It, it seems silly to be oh, like, I guess now I yeah, did the sure. ride again. It's like we're talking about the Viper or something, mm, you know, yeah. which or, I believe or, was a ride at the Magic Mountain in Los Angeles. I could be wrong about that. I thought it was in Anaheim. Is the, that, oh, is no, that that's, that's, I don't know. You know, we call Los Angeles Anaheim. It's like, you know, it's under the umbrella of Los Angeles. Oh, um, but so, yeah, go. so you did the historic ride on your horse, shouting the uglies are coming. Yes. Again, when you were 60? Was this like a 60. big Yeah, and I event? guess that, the, well, I thought it was going to be a real big event, you know, like uh, even bigger than the first. Mm. Uh, really? You the, thought it would be bigger than the first, even though the war had already been over and, Well, you people know. kept saying, now, do you mean the British when you you're saying ugly? Oh, so, so at that point, the, 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 the code word had... 
had uh, you know uh, not no longer was associated with British people, so people didn't know what you were talking about. Right, and the people that were uh, that were within earshot, they got really scared because you know we still at the times were not great with the British for quite some time after mm-hmm. we had the War of eighteen twelve. Mm-hmm. Of course, well, like, then, yeah, I mean, when and a, then after that, when a war that. ends, mm-hmm. like the tensions don't dissipate. Like you know, they're, oh, no. they're still there. You the know, battle obviously. rages on. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. It's you know it's a little bit like when you have a fight with your your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever like even after the fight's been you know uh, ended and you're at the restaurant or you're at the movie or whatever there's still that that tension where you just have to kind of get back to to being regular again I'm sure that that was the same thing with you know the oh. the the new American colonies and and the British after after the war happened is that uh, accurate It's a dead on Jared mm-hmm. you you know it yeah, yeah. well. You know, I can I can see there being a lot of. Uh, I think the third ride though is going to be good. Now that I'm back here, I'm mm-hmm. gonna. Oh, do tell, the tell us more about the second ride though. I'm curious about uh, this. So, like, you get on the horse again. It was hard when you were 18. You were saying earlier, yeah. to do the ride. So it must have been even more difficult when you were 60. It, it certainly was, and uh, um, you know, I, I decided I was going to you know bareback and side saddle it just like I did the first time. You just did like side you did saddle time. as well. Wow. Side saddle just to you know, alleviate some of the pain, oh but also, but it's also very progressive because that's generally how women would ride. It's you know, correct. it's yeah, almost it's like correct. a message to the women at the time, basically saying like, you know, uh, you know, there's no uh, gender's a construct. There's no real boundaries between the two of us. A man can ride side Thank saddle. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Know? you. This is, you know, this is why I think I should be one of the fathers of the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, you were definitely a patriot. You know, I don't, uh, it yes, might well. not be fair to call you a father of the country because I don't think you worked on the Constitution or I, I was busy you, riding. Yes, you're just riding that whole time. Coaster. I mean, I was on the horse, you know, alerting everybody. I feel like while the constitutional while you convention do was that busy work, you know, and be called called a father, I'll go out and do the the heavy lifting, which is uh, yeah. running from the British and saying that they're coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could be a, a dad, because that's a, that sounds like what dads do. You what? know, what you daddies mean? they actually go out and do the heavy lifting. Right. Oh, did you mm-hmm. know that the, the the lanterns that I put up in uh, you know, two if by C, mm-hmm. uh, they were heavy. Yeah, I didn't so, know. Not heavier than a pen. Someone's got to lift up those uh, those heavy lamps and everything, or, what, or a quill, or which a quill. is a feather light. <laughs> Exactly. Feather light. Now, uh, I, I, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, Miss Garland, but I did not know without doing before doing research for this interview that okay. Judy Garland was not your uh, actual name. It was a stage name that you were born Francis Gum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of stories about... Yes, of the Duluth Gums. Of the Duluth Gums. <laughs> That's right. We like to pretend to class it up a little bit like mm-hmm. that. But yes, Francis Gum. You can. My friends called me Franny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, there are a lot of stories online about um, uh, where the name Garland came from, but can you tell us officially, like, how you guys thought of that name and why you changed it from Francis Gum to Judy Garland? Well, Francis Gum, Gum. If you just say Gum Gum over and over again, it just you know sticks in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, no, I see what you did there. I see what like you did there, Miss Garland. I like to have I love fun. Gum. It's delicious, gum. right? Yes. I'm just trying to think, like, if I wanted to say, like, I'm going to go see the new. Francis Gum movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't feel weird to me. You know, it feels like a perfectly good name. Right, right? yeah, but the name Judy, because it ends in sort of a smile. Judy. And Francis. Oh, yeah, that's right. Judy. Francis yeah, that's is sort of very closed, uh, tight-lipped. Francis. Francis. Oh, yeah, I can see You know, that. you don't have the normal smile of a Judy. And then the last name, Garland. Garland. Yes, we. my mother loved Garland's. She loved garlands during, you know, the the Christmas time. Well, garlands are just garlands. Um, garlands is like a. Um, uh, it's not like a, a, a specific plant or an herb or anything. That's right, yes, but it's, it's it's a collection of you know you would say like garlands of flowers or garlands mm-hmm. of herbs or something like that. So your mom just like loved. She, All garlands? She loved garlands because she felt they hugged the house. You know, hmm. She always wanted us to feel like we were in the loving arms of some garland. Hmm. So, you know, I came up with the first name, Judy, mm-hmm. because it just, it was actually a way to get into the, the right kind of resonance when you sing. Oh, okay. pardon me. <laughs> when you sing, because actually if you try this for yourself, mm-hmm. if you're singing and you're singing something, you know, um, I don't know, uh, like uh, something what? like... Little Red Corvette, or something that's very Ooh. you know popular these days. Yeah. Um, if you sing that with a just a Francis, and you have your mouth like that, mm-hmm. but then if you pretend you're biting an apple and smiling, then all of a sudden, Little Red Corvette—that's way, way better. The sound it, is so yeah, much richer. It so, kind of so opens it, up a lot more. Yeah, yeah that's so good. It was my Sasha Fierce moment when I, you know, before oh. I went on stage, I would say I'm Judy and get my mouth in that right position. Interesting. And then I was ready to sing. Did you know any Judys? Like, like, did you? Do, do, were, there, were there any around you as you were growing up that you could be like, oh, that's the name that's going to work for this? Absolutely. 
None. No. All you... the women in my town were either Frances or Margaret. There were two names in two the entire names. town that you grew up in? Frances in... or Margaret? Mm -hmm. Yes, that, wow. that's it. Yes, and Wait. that's it. So everybody you knew, you would even if you forgot the name at a party or something, so you did just you... like, oh, Frances, so Margaret. Did... <laughs> did you come up with the name Judy while you were still living in that town, and then everyone was like, oh my God, there's a third name here? Well, I'd actually, I'd read about it in a pamphlet. You read about the name Judy in a mm -hmm. pamphlet. Oh, yes, we were, we were on our way. We were on the vaudeville circuit, mm -hmm. and we were heading down to the the big city of uh, Sioux City, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, we you know we stopped by a, a five and dime general store, and there was there was adverts and and pamphlets, and I I was flipping through one, and there was a word there, J U. D-Y. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen it before. And I asked my mother, I said, Mother, Mother, what is this? And she said, Oh, that's just Judy. That's just a woman who's lost a cat and is looking for it. <laughs> and I said, Well, I don't know about this cat, but I do know about Judy. And it gives me the most wonderful sensation whenever I hmm, say it. So that's where I discovered it, in a lost, Iowa. A lost cat advert mm -hmm. created the name Judy Garland. That yes. is... That is fascinating. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are Revolutionary War patriot Paul Revere mm -hmm. and early 20th century actress and singer Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to you uh, for a moment, Mr. Paul Revere. Uh, so you were born and raised in Boston in uh, the early 1700s, the north part of Boston. Go Sox. Go Sox. <laughs> yes, you know. indeed. Uh, and obviously, Boston today has a lot of uh, a lot of character. Do you see any similarity between the Boston of the early 1700s and the Boston of today? Well, I like the statues. Uh, they used to be uh, animated people, though, when uh, uh, when I knew them. What you say, animated people? Like uh, they? Oh, made... the statues used to be actual people. I that knew would them. Yes. Walk around and walk around. Sam yeah. Adams. Oh, you knew him? Oh yeah, he was the one who I uh, I alerted and the, the ride. Well, one of the, end the, of the many people that you alerted, obviously. Well, right? the main one. He was the he was the most important Top one. Top dog, yeah. Were you on your entire ride just trying to tell Sam Adams that the British were coming, and everyone else was just like collateral damage? And well, uh, him and John Hancock. And John Hancock, <sighs> yeah. those are the two people you really wanted to to, Indeed, to uh, tell about that. You've seen his signature on the Declaration. Right? It's the biggest, yeah. and that's like a goof, right? Like he 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 didn't know everybody else was going to sign their name so small, or, mm -hmm. or that there wouldn't be enough room for everybody else. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. If everyone had signed their names that big. It's just you got to learn if you're if a lot of people are going to be signing a document, you sign it small. It's it's only mm. polite. Well, you know, you, you kind of have to average together the number of names for every space that's available. You know, it's a little bit like when you go do yoga. Yeah. You know, and you're like, all right, well, there's ten people in here now, so we should all be evenly spaced out. Mm. But then all of a sudden, like five people, more people come in, and everyone's got to move like a little bit. You kind of have to predict beforehand how big you're going to sign your name so that there's enough space for everybody that's going to be there. You know. Yeah. Now, with it, uh, this is a question for you, Paul. Did you see the parchment before, you know, people had signed it? Were there lines on there? Because I've always wondered, uh, how did they get their names on there like that, just spaced out like that? Well, my question, so here's the yeah. thing, is that uh, we, I'm not 100% sure if you were anywhere near where the Constitution was signed when it was signed. Can you tell us conclusively uh, if that, if you were around there or and and then you know to Mrs. Garland's question, uh, how how people manage to space out their names so perfectly on that on that document? Uh, well, d these are two uh, excellent points, and you know I was not asked to be a part of that uh, discussion with the. It, it's kind of boring, which is a crime. Which is a crime I right. think. Uh, right. I mean, like when the people get together and they start talking in the in the in the you know lawyers, mm -hmm. it's like uh, uh, I think I'll go join Sam Adams for a pint. Which, by the way, <laughs> to get back to your mm -hmm. uh, point, I, I I think that Sam would be pretty pleased with the uh, the way his name has been used on a beer. Yeah, he he is just oh. famous for beer now, as opposed to any of the work he did during the Revolutionary War. He was a pretty good brewer back then, though, too. Mm -hmm. uh, he was, uh, oh, man, oh, he could really brew a, brew a beer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, uh, as a matter of fact, I was probably with him uh, in the, the public house uh, mm. during the, 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 when, the, when the lawyers got together and signed the thing. You the know? lawyers got together and signed this. Yeah, you know, the people that we call the fathers of our country. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I just feel like there's room for a few more fathers. Mm -hmm. yes. you, you, feel, you feel like you were left out. You feel like you could have been included in there. Yeah, I mean, have you ever feel like, you know, you, you dedicate your life to something and then, you know, uh, everyone else gets in and you don't? Yeah. Yes. Mount Rushmore. I feel that way all the time. Mount Rushmore. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it. There, there's more really, space up there. You feel like you belong on Mount Rushmore. There's only four presidents of the 45 that we have had on Mount Rushmore. But you think you should be on there as well? I mean, there's more room. I mean, I mean it, it seems kind of audacious to me. Paul, know. if you could have some currency with your picture on it, what would it be? 
Uh, definitely first the one and then the five. And you then want, the you five. want the one mm. and the five? You know, in other countries, you have one one person on every single bit of the money. Well, yeah, but that's if you have like a a, a, a monarch or, or you know yes, a king yeah. or something mm-hmm, like that. But mm-hmm. you know, in America, we have so many people that helped shape this country. You know, we have to we have to divvy it up a little bit. You know, I, you know the two dollar bill. You know, two if by C. Two if by C. Oh, well, wow. It's a $2 that's dollar bill. It has that thing on the back where everybody signed the Constitution that you would also not be included in that. But I, then he would be on the front. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. You know? I, I, I would be happy to sign that today. Uh, it's uh, The Declaration, the Constitution, I will sign all of them mm-hmm. if, if that's what it takes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can find oh, some know, room. I feel like it's... a real asshole. I've been talking about them like they're the same document this entire time. There were two separate documents, the Declaration mm-hmm. of Independence and the Constitution. Right, but it gets lawyer. Oh. Oh, right? It gets so lawyery. So lawyery. I, I, like I would rather be riding though. a horse and you know alerting everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where were you when those documents were being signed? When they were being worked on? Well, uh, I I like to spend time in the in the public house. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, the Sons of Liberty. You know, all, it was supposed to sort of be just sort of like a small club, mm-hmm. um, and just for a certain purpose. But then we were like, uh, uh-uh, I'm never dying. You know. <gasps> Wow. This this is going to be. We're going to be older Sons of Liberty now. Mm. And even once we had Liberty, it was like. This is fun. This is gonna you know? this is gonna keep on going. Yeah, you guys ever part of the Greek system in college? Uh, I wasn't a part of a fraternity. I don't know oh. if you ever did. No, any I never learned to read stuff. past the second grade, mm-hmm. so oh. that was not for me. Yeah, well, you know, you don't have to read much. It's it's great. Oh, you know, I guess you got to get to the college. Yeah, mm. I suppose. But those letters they use are those even letters? They look so silly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the Greek alphabet, which is what the the fraternities and sororities use. But um, going going back to uh to you, Ms. Garland. So mm. you know, you and your sister had a vaude. Act yes. after you'd already changed your name to the Garland Sisters, right? Uh, and after seeing the act, you alone were invited to audition for MGM and were given a contract immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your sisters react to that? Where you know you guys all had, were doing this thing together, but now you're being you know shot up to celebrity without them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how earlier we were talking about oh, when a war breaks out and mm. then you know things are okay, but there's still some sort of like you know tension. tension yeah, yeah. That's sort of how it went. I mean, at first, you know. They were very, they they were happy for me. We were one of those families that we understood that performing is a, a roll of the dice. You know mm. who's who's going to be picked, who's going to be remembered. Much like uh, Paul and Sam Adams, well, they were a, a number of of people who really helped the revolution. But we remember their names mm. more than others. Uh, but and, I'm sure you're also better than your sister. Oh well, um, I I don't know if I'd say that. I don't know mm-hmm. That's if very I'd gracious say that. of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it just depends on the day because it's also subjective. Yeah. You know? And then as I got older and addicted to pills and alcohol, I think my sisters really got over their initial jealousy. Once, once they saw how being famous had affected you, maybe they were like, "Oh, we we dodged that bullet there." Yes, exactly. Interesting. You know, yes. I definitely want to ask you about that. You know, as we uh. As we continue during the interview, but um, but did you make any attempt to like bring your sisters on board as you were you know making these movies and uh, you know um, uh, you know working with all these actors and really building your career? Like, didn't you ever think we could open the door for them or get them involved somehow? Yes, you know I thought about it, uh, uh, but every time we tried, uh, we were just shot down. You know, at mm. every at every turn, you know, we thought, oh, all right, well we're going to do a dancing number, and that's going to be our thing now as the Garland mm. Sisters. Is that when you know when I go in for a dancing number. Oh my goodness, here are my sisters dancing alongside me, and aren't they wonderful? That and seems like it would have worked, right? Yes, it seems like it would have. Yeah. And, and but then... they're just not as talented as you. Judy, Judy you're well, the best. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, Paul. That's such a but that's such an easy explanation for it. I mean, mm. yes, neither of them could keep time. I mean, mm. yes, both of them were as ugly as sin. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't be on camera, you yeah, know. There are plenty I of just... ugly, untalented people on a camera. Uh, yes, you know? exactly. Especially at that day and age. You mm. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But you know, and uh, so we'd uh, stage many different auditions, and they would always inevitably stumble and fall, mm. and I'd try to pick them up again. And then so through that, we thought, oh, this will be fun. We'll do a comedy bit where, where everybody's where falling, falling down. And Isn't that wonderful? Like the Marx Brothers with yeah, the Garland sisters. And then once we decided on what the routine would be, they couldn't do that either. It was one of the strangest things. They couldn't when they, fall when they were, when supposed, they were supposed to, to fall. Exactly. They couldn't dance when they were supposed to. Exactly. And I don't, know, I don't know if you'd call that talent or lack of talent or, or whatever. Maybe but like reverse talent. Maybe out. if you had told them it was a it was a musical, you would have gotten the comedy that you were looking yes, 
Yes, or... well, I did that eventually. Oh, you did, you did yes, a, a I, reverse I psychology said, movie. Yes, I said, don't tell Margaret and Margaret that this mm-hmm. is what's going to happen. They're both named Margaret. Yes, yes, because my name was Francis. Of course. And I was the middle child. Yes. So, you know, only two names in my town for women. But uh, I, I thought, okay, now don't tell them. Don't tell them that this is actually going to be a comedy. Tell them it's a musical and they'll mess up and fall over their mm. faces and won't that be hilarious and they won't be in on the joke but they'll get the job. And then it turns out that they, I, I told them the wrong day for the audition and oh, they just never That is a shame. Up, which is strange because I went over it again with a psychologist and she pointed out that that is uh, definite sabotage. That's, yeah, but I wasn't almost, aware of it. It seems almost Freudian, like maybe unconsciously you didn't want your sisters to succeed. That's what right, a, what yes. a lucky psychologist to be your psychologist. Oh, Paul, Judy, Judy, you I'm are one realizing so how kind. big of a fan you are yes, of Judy Garland, no Paul. Oh, she's the greatest. That is you bonkers. Are, yes, if what, only. What's your you favorite were. thing that Judy Garland ever did, Mr. Oh. Revere? Yeah, don't be shy. Be honest now. Don't be don't be yeah. shy. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, Wizard of Oz? Hey, yes. it's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> it's most people's answers. It really is. That's now, all right. Uh, Not back. Meet Me in St. Louis? That's a close second, but... Uh, it's also okay. a wonderful movie. It's meet also, yes, Louis. yes. Not, not A Star is Born. You didn't what, like that? You know no, what else is you have good genes? Oh, oh, because you like uh, my daughter Liza. Liza. Yeah, that sounds creepy when you say it that way. But it uh, really yeah, does. Uh, but uh, it almost a good like, gene pool. I mean, Jared, like... you would agree that's a good mm-hmm. gene pool. Hey, you know, very Liza talented singers. You know, you got Cabaret. Mm-hmm. You got Wizard of Oz. You know, like the the the, the art that came out of that. The family. Margaret Gums. I mean, I'm curious mm-hmm. now. The Margaret and Francis Gumses mm-hmm. of the world. Now, uh, going back to you for a moment, Mr. Paul Revere. Uh, so you were in the uh, provincial army for a bit. You worked as a dentist for a bit. But sorry, did you ever see the outtakes from my? audition for Valley of the Dolls because I'm just to. wondering you didn't like that a lot of people really like that no, no for you it's Wizard Sorry, of you're, Oz you're asking Paul Revere if he thinks that the outtakes for your audition to the Valley of the Dolls is as good as Wizard of the Oz not, of not if it's, it's as good but if it's if it's his favorite just because I'd like to meet one person just one person in this life who, who doesn't name Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Is their favorite. It does, it's a little rote. It's a little rote. And as a huge fan, which you seem to be a huge fan, like oh. surely. It's such an honor to be in the, in the studio with Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure And she... you, Jared, too. I mean, I'm just here to, uh, to, to you know, tell the world about all you incredible people. Well, uh, your, Twitter, and... your tweets are, are hilarious. Oh, I didn't know that you read my Twitter, I Mr. Paul Revere. I'm definitely a follower. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're real, you're real Paul Revere. I just noticed you've been you've been favoriting and retweeting me a lot. Of course, yeah. Real power view. Well, it's it's wonderful to meet you. It, in it, the problem is that people don't think it's the real one because I can't get uh, get that get verification verified. Check. No, mm-hmm. I thought it was fake too because because everything else besides me is just like retweets of uh, Zionist conspiracy theories, which I thought was really weird that you would like my stuff and also those. Yeah, I may have uh, uh, downloaded a virus, mm. uh, but uh, okay, yeah, retweeting's fun. It happens it happens to the best of us. I completely understand. Uh, so no, yeah, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, so you were in the army for a little bit you work as a dentist for a bit but all through this you have like a really growing a, a strong growing interest in the political climate of the time like what drew you into the initial resistance against british rule of the american colonies oh this taxation you know you just get taxed mm-hmm. and it's like oh there's there's some ugly people across the the atlantic that really seem stuck on the fact that these guys were ugly these were uglier people uh, it, it's 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 the only thing that differentiated us we had to mm-hmm. uh you know, we were all looked very similar, except for that they were uglier. Okay, know? interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. how you could tell an American person from a British person. Yeah, when someone tries to come and collect taxes from you without, you know, giving you any sort of representation, they get mm-hmm. a little ugly. They, it's uh, yeah, if you if you would see it, it's it's pretty ugly. I see. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, and so it was just the unfairness of it all and how ugly they were that you were like, we have to do something about this. You know, truth be told, you know, I'm you asked the tough ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of got caught up in the in the you know like the sons of liberty we were just like anti stuff you know it's fun to be anti things oh so mm. you're saying that as a young man you just kind of got carried away with being against something you just yeah. wanted to be against something you've seen Les Mis right you know that little boy oh uh, yeah Mis? of course mm. you know he. I mean I'm sure and little people know wouldn't little people <laughs> oh, fly you should be in it they look oh. easy picking but we've got somebody oh, can we so, dedicate the rest of this I to just so tempted Judy. to just having this episode be a one woman Reprise of all of Les Mis, uh, but I'm not sure we're gonna have uh, time for that. Look down. I'll start at the top. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure we're gonna have time for that, Miss Garland. I mean, it, right. it would right, be right. it would be an honor. Maybe we can do that on That's another episode. That's a good episode. idea. Hey, maybe we'll come back here and record a tribute. I'm sorry. Paul. Well, we, we can talk about uh, scheduling that with that, the uh, the studio. Mm. You know, well, there's the a part. You know, the little boy. I mean, there's no way he's that. Uh, you know anti the establishment of that age 
Mm-hmm. You know, but he well, kind of gets bought. You know, he's like, hey, these are cool people. See, I can Absolutely. understand. It's you know, when you're that age, it kind of you, you're looking for an identity, and sometimes it's easier to say no to things than to figure out what your yeses are. You oh, know, yeah. what I, I mean? was wow, saying, that's I w- so profound. Well, you know, I've been doing this. For I wouldn't say the Yankees suck for so many years, and it turns out that Boston had a team, the Red Sox, and I was like, oh, uh, go Red Sox. But it was I was saying Yankees suck before I knew we had a team. Oh wow, oh, interesting. Oh well, you know, we'll we'll definitely ask you more about that in, in a moment. We've got to take a short break, right. uh, but we'll be right back with Judy Garland. And Paul Revere, stay with us. Thank you, Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, if you're so inclined, rate us five stars, leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, that stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at Famous Dead People Show at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, so yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave mm. and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are silversmith, industrialist, and patriot of the American Revolution, Paul Revere, and early 20th century star of the stage and screen, Judy Garland. Uh, now, so, Ms. Garland, mm. um, your early work with the studio was a little bit all over the map uh, because they weren't really sure like what to do with you. Like you were right. clearly a very talented girl, mm-hmm. uh, but you did have a, and this is from the Wikipedia. I hope I'm, I'm not being insensitive here. Right. A girl next door, ugly duckling type. That's how mm. the studio mm-hmm. kind of like, kind of like uh, talked about it. Um, and I read that they made you do some uh, kind of uncomfortable and, and potentially unhealthy things to make you more like eventually attractive. Is this is this correct? Is yes, this... that's 100% correct. You know, back in the day, uh, it seemed to be that if you would just uh, be smoking a cigarette, that people would think that you're, oh, fabulous and interesting, and nobody mm. knew about the health concerns back then. Mm-hmm. But even if they did, I think they still would have had me smoke. Yeah, they def- there were definitely things that they knew were bad for you mm-hmm. that they still had you do, you know. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, well, uh, so, so they would have you smoke at the age had, of... Yeah. Like 12 and 13? At the age of 12, yes, because, you know, all the, uh, they would look at the fashion magazines and say, look at this, look at this Lana Turner, look at this Marlena Dietrich. Mm -hmm. They're smoking, don't they look beautiful? And why don't you try it? Maybe if we put a cigarette in your hand, then people will be distracted from your large bulbous nose Mm -hmm. and your giant eyes, you know, because there's a a point at which a person's eyes become too big. Mm. And I just right over that that, that, uh, ledge. My eyes are a little too big, almost sort of like froggy like and then you know they had they would put me in a corset and uh, a very talented frog i must well, say mm-hmm. thank you paul uh, that is so you're, sweet you're, i'm sure your praise is very uh you know it's it's very uh it's well deserved and also welcome but you know we really don't want to you know spend too much of this interview just having I, you praise her so okay, you know. that's right no flirting she, she knows, no she flirting in, in the studio i forgot about mm-hmm. that yeah, I, you know that's not a rule but you know just for time's sake like you know let's let's you know just keep keep comments to a minimum uh, all right yeah. oh, all so, right you know. because you know i would say that all sort of compliments are lost on me because when you've been put in a corset for days on end and mm-hmm. fed only orange juice uh you know through days on end in the hottest months of august and I mean, that's another thing that there was a beauty uh, regiment that they tried at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it had come out in Glamour or Cosmopolitan. Mm. Uh, I thank you for doing the correct pretensions, yes, by the way, of those magazines. Welcome. Yes, well, that was another part of uh, getting rid of my ugly, was getting rid of my Minnesota accent. Oh, would you mind? Elocution can lessons. you still talk the way that you did when you were growing up? Is it oh, is it part of your goodness. range still? Yes, I mean, it still certainly is. And so definitely when I get upset or, you know, if I have uh, one too many, if mm-hmm. I say, what do you mean? You didn't like my... 
<laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just laughing at myself. What do you mean you didn't like my concert at Carnegie Hall, pal? Whoa. You didn't like the Carnegie concert? It's like a completely different person. Because I spent a lot of time on that Carnegie concert, you know, getting that all set up. And, well, gee, gosh, Willikers, all anybody remembers is Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? Like, it's real frustrating. It gets really frustrating. <laughs> So that would be like um, an example of if I were to get mad. If I were getting mad. You that understand? I'm not mad at you, Paul mm. Oh, good. Because I, 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 I will desist. But, but, okay. I, because that's just a, a little bit of acting. Because then, of course, we had a lot of acting lessons as well. Of course. Yes. Of but, course. you know, people thought, you know, if, if she sounds pretty, uh, maybe people will just be fooled into thinking that she looks pretty mm. as well. Oh, yeah. And all of this was, was said to me um, very plainly. Nobody tried to hide it. Nobody tried to spare my feelings. Nobody, nobody tried to uh, give you a little bedside manner. Like, oh, you know, no, 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 no. They were just saying, like, you are ugly and so we need yeah. to do this. That was, that's, yeah. a, that's extremely cruel. And uh, I'm surprised. I mean, looking back, did you ever think, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I was treated that way? Yes, I mean, when I went through it with the psychologist mm-hmm. who I earlier mentioned, you know, pointed out that, I, well, I sabotaged my sister's career and things oh, allegedly, like that. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I mean, I didn't know at the time. I yeah. was unconscious of, of that sort of uh, devious behavior. Right. The career was uh, sabotaged, but not necessarily by you. Well, right. no, right. definitely. Well, because also, besides that, I spared terrible rumors that they were sluts. But it wasn't oh, wow. It wasn't all rumors. Mm. They they did like to kiss a lot of boys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. there was different different definition of what a slut was back then. You know, mm. you know even just winking at, a, at too many guys, you know, would get no, you branded get back you, then. Yes, exactly. So definitely. it's not like it is today, but no, you know, that was uh, the earlier example of me telling them the wrong audition date. That was unconscious, but there were other attempts that I definitely did to try to sabotage their careers. Interesting. Calling them sluts, um, you know, telling them to not sit outside with a with a corset and drink only orange juice. Well, you're saying that that was a failed beauty regimen. Did mm-hmm. you advising them not to do the corset and orange juice thing? Like, did that work in their favor? Like, with, did they become more beautiful because they avoided that? Well, they definitely became happier. I mean, it's interesting. Um. They were so, uh, you know, they accepted themselves. They loved themselves for their flaws. They, they found real, true... Friendships and marriages, and and didn't put all their issues onto their daughters. Oh wow! It really seems like you're. It's interesting. This, this they just they, feels they like they an really, emotional uh, a breakthrough you're it's, having it's here. It's been a, it's been a lot of uh, years of hard work with the psychologist mm. and just sort of you know going through and, and figuring out you know very step by step sort of piecing it apart, but then also accepting and loving myself for all those flaws. Like yeah. like I'm sure so many of my fans do. Mm. You see, I love my fans because I always felt that they accepted me no matter what. Yes. Well, we I mean, you, know, you brought so much happiness to people. I'm sure that, that that has to be something that helps you as you're going through your, you know, emotional journey to become mm-hmm. the Judy Garland that you want to be. Um, yes. But, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to get too sidetracked here. So I'd love to go back to uh, uh, Mr. Revere for a moment. Um, now, you know, as we spoke about before, how you were so famous for being, you know, uh, the, the midnight ride through uh, the towns of Massachusetts. But you were also one of the early ringleaders for the Boston Tea Party, which is another enormous uh, historical act that happened that was, you know, uh, uh, you know, helped bring about the uh, the Revolutionary War. Uh, could you walk us through? I mean, we all know so much about the, the Boston Tea Party, but oh, could you I walk don't. us through? I oh, don't know right. that you much about it. You didn't go to school. You were just yeah. whisked away mm-hmm. by the, the studio yes. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, can you just walk us through sure. well, what it was like as someone who was there during the Boston Tea Party? All right. Well, uh, you know, there was a lot of tea that uh, came mm. in from Britain, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on the on the ship. And then uh, we were like, "Well, we don't we don't want them to tax us, so because uh, they had just put a new tax on that tea." Mm. What, what so, was the, it? Was a tea tax? It was. Oh it was a, tea. It's a tax oh on tea. Doesn't seem like that would be that big of a deal, but I could understand that. You know, so we the Context Sons of Liberty, though, huh? We got all together because it's you know, we're always raising cane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you were pranking. Oh yes, for we trouble to get in. Too. Yeah, and so uh, Sammy, oh, that's Sam Adams. Sammy's like, hey, why don't we all dress up like savages? Hmm. Go on. To, I'm sorry, that's the wrong term to use nowadays. It's uh, engines. Well, that's also. Thank, that's. Thank I think that's no, the right term. No, no, no. That's that's also insensitive. Now we call them Native Americans. Oh, okay. Because well, when I was in yet another scrap movie, how high was the blue sky? How I played. High was the blue sky? I played an engine, an engine girl. But mm-hmm. go. Oh, sorry. Go also, ahead. Also, we with should your... really should call them Native Americans. I, I think they oh, really prefer for you, right. Jared. Yeah, uh, for you. Native sure. Americans. I was. I was a Native American girl, and then Paul Revere, you dressed up as, uh, yeah, as a Native oh, we American all did. person. Mm-hmm. And we got on board the ship, and then we took the tea, and we threw it overboard. Oh, wow. <laughs> Into the harbor. The harbor was caffeinated. 
I wouldn't want to swim in did, there. <laughs> did you did you also throw some lemon and maybe sugar or milk in there? How do you Let how do you in. take your tea, Harbor? <laughs> We're just having a good time. I would love to have tea with you, Judy. <laughs> oh, Paul, you're sweet. This is uh, uh I just can't imagine. I, I I didn't did not know that you guys would get along as as well as you are. Oh, I knew um, we would. Well, I'm I wondering we because would. like from an environmental perspective, throwing all that tea in the harbor probably was bad, and also you know from a culturally sensitive perspective, it was really you know, not cool to be dressing up like Native Americans as though you're trying to, like, pin this crime on them. Mm. You know, were these any things that you took into consideration as you were putting this plan together? Like, did you, you consider know, really, uh, the fish in the ocean or the I Native guess, American uh, hindsight, peoples? hindsight, you know, is, uh, is yeah, 2020. I mean, I mean you're, you're kind of putting a buzzkill on it, though. You know, like, yeah, you're I just really wanna... rooting this for him. No, this no, was no, a, no, it was pretty fun. cool uh, moment. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to, 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 to be a jerk here, you know, but I, I like to put things into historical perspective, you know, and, and say, like, you know, oh, this is how we would have interpreted it now, but, you know, maybe that wasn't how you viewed it at the time. Well, I mean, would it help to say that I, I dress up like a Native American pretty much every weekend and uh, oh, I was you? pretty good at it? Oh, and, uh, oh, well, I mean, that doesn't feel better. Do you have any Native American friends? Oh, well, they Sons of Liberty, but, you know, on weekends we all oh, have... Oh, yes, I think I, that counts. I don't, I don't think because that counts. if you have a Native American oh, friend, then but, you can say if, anything oh, you, you want. But not yes, if those Native right, Americans but. are just other white people who are dressing up as Native Americans. I think Yes, that's, but what if they're really good mm, at it? I just, I just really don't think that. I mean, What maybe, if one of them is just a little more tan and then just also just doesn't naturally grow any fish? Right I, I really don't think... I mean, even the... my friend What if is he's a, also taller than the rest of them? I, I just... I, I even, even... And has longer hair. I just think that even if you were friends with an actual Native American, it still wouldn't be a good excuse for what you did because that's like a tired excuse, you know, like, oh, my best friend is black, my best friend is gay, that sort of thing. Right, it's a tired uh, excuse because yeah. it's a good one and people yeah. keep using it. You know, it. maybe we should move on. Well, so. Jared, uh, thank you, you know, because I'm learning, you know, I'm learning now. And yeah, things you know, it's, were a little a different back time. then. It's a new time. You know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, the decisions that you made in the past were, you know, bad or wrong, but it's important to, to grow with the era, you know, and to realize that, you know, people... You, Maybe this was a bad idea. Maybe this was a good idea. That sort of thing. Well, I mean, if on the back of the two dollar bill that I'm on the front of, mm-hmm. um, the, maybe... this hypothetical two dollar bill that you're that you, that you uh, would let's like. Let's make this happen. I mean, okay. I'm sure that if we put a petition together, you know, they get the lawyers together, they can add me on there, and uh, mm-hmm. and just when you put me in the Boston Tea Party picture, you know, put me in whatever you want. Okay. Uh, oh. Maybe, uh, you know, clothe me how you will. Just what like if a, we did, what I if would we vote did... oh, regular, ahead. regular white person, the way that you would be dressed normally. That's, Here, that's what my vote would be for. Here's an idea. Okay. You know how when you look at new bills, um, like $100 bills, I'm not bragging, but I just saw one the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you move it around a little bit, there's like a little shiny, almost kind of like hologram oh. on the 100 on the print. What if we put a hologram? On Paul Revere's face, and uh, in one in one way the light shines down on it, we see his handsome face, and the other way the light shines down on it, we see his handsome face with Native American just, paint no, on it. No, I think it's a really the many faces fun. of Paul Revere. Oh, Paul Revere, this is so fun. I think it's really bad idea. Two of my face, two of my see. I don't uh, know. I'm not the writer. You you come up with that. I, one, I, you Paul. know, you just you just spit, spitballing here. I completely Judy understand. Is brilliant. Um, but let's let's move on to uh, to Ms. Ms. Gullen for a moment. So in 1938, we have already talked about the the Wizard of Oz. You cast in the Wizard of Oz. It would be your most famous role. But uh, I read that the studio was originally trying to get Shirley Temple for that part instead. Is there is that true that they were that they, that the role that would that would seal you into America's consciousness was almost given to Shirley Temple? Yes, that's absolutely true, because they made us um, audition one right after the other, and then as we got closer and closer, they made us sit in the room while the other one auditioned, and then afterwards they made us hug each other and give each other compliments. Hug each other and give each other compliments? Mm-hmm, because, what was the purpose of that? Well, they kept saying, ladies, jealousy isn't ladylike. Mm. Ladies, jealousy is not ladylike, and competition isn't ladylike either. And um, so I think they wanted to groom us into being good friends, you know, okay. because because then afterwards, you know, they, they did say we were good friends. Hmm, interesting. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know why we have to say that it's not ladylike. It's just nice 
to not be jealous, as you were saying. Is that that's right? You said well, but they let the boys be jealous of each other. Yeah, I don't think they should have though. You well, know, this is going back to what we were again, just talking about the with the Native Americans. Yeah, I yes. think that they should have not giving not given thirteen year olds cigarettes. I think they should right, have not yes. called you ugly to your face. I think right, they not made me and Shirley Temple split a bed and hold mm. each other tight, and then you know take photographs of it and that's say, Jesus. "Ladies, now don't be really jealous." Happen? Yes, wow. of course. Oh it my did. God, that is yes. nightmarish. But you know, no, it was fine. I mean, Shirley, she was a very lovely girl. Did you do anything to try to secure your role as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz? Yes, but I'm legally bound from talking about oh, it. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then we will completely move on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, so the, the movie was based on uh, a series of books, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Adventures in Oz. Um, but you're saying that The Wizard of Oz was actually two movies that were put together uh, and it just so happens that that movie that you put together from mm-hmm. two separate movies is the exact story of the book that it was supposedly based on? Isn't it the what craziest luck? coincidence? That, yes, I mean, what luck? I mean, that's what we're going back to it earlier, sounds unbelievable. too. The luck of show business. Can you tell us about, so let's talk about the first half, the black and white half mm-hmm. of The Wizard of Oz. What was that movie originally before it was cut together with the second half of The Wizard it was, of Oz? It, yes, so that script was originally titled Kansas on My Kansas. Kansas on My Kansas. Mm-hmm, and it was written by Juniper Bullskog. Uh, Juniper Bullskog. Yeah. Yes, who was a, a lovely uh, novelist who had come out from uh, the East Coast. I believe it was New York, but, mm-hmm. you know, at those day, that day and age, I'm not sure. It could have been New Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he was a novelist, and he came on out to uh, write uh, for the big screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he started writing Kansas, Oh My Kansas, and then... Well, what was the plot of Kansas, Oh My Kansas? Right, so a young girl is mm-hmm. on a farm, and, of course, there's a neighbor that steals her dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, you know, this young girl is, uh, is always uh, Dorothy, whose name was Dorothy. She's always getting into trouble, right? Mm. And so she runs away with her dog, and then uh, right where the movie cuts off and goes to the color part, the the young girl, uh, you know, had just been looking in a river, and she sings a song to herself about how she should behave and how she should not be jealous of other girls who Mm. get the bigger parts in Hollywood movies. And then she goes back home, and she meets up with her sister, whose name was Debbie, so it was Dorothy and Debbie. Mm. And Debbie was played by Shirley Temple. And then the two girls, you know, climb in bed together and start holding each other very tightly. And people stand around and take pictures. Really, really troubling what you're telling me. No no tornado at all? There's like, no tornado? No, there's no tornado. That was put in later to sort of, sort of a, ooh, a big shot Hollywood, you know, a mm, ro- a good roller move. coaster ride. Yeah, they said, how, how are we going to do this? Uh, I know there's a tornado that came through. And I said, oh, be, don't be ridiculous. Everybody knows that tornadoes aren't real. Everybody knows that. Well, I mean, that. They're, definitely, they're definitely real. But, uh, okay, but they're not. We, sh- we should definitely move on. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, my guests today in the studio are American actress and singer Judy Garland mm. and and Patriot of the Revolutionary War, Paul Revere. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Paul Revere, about your famous midnight ride. You're captured afterwards by British forces on your way to Concord, and you use that arrest as an opportunity to try to scare the British away from attacking Lexington. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, so like, what sort of things were you saying to them when you were captured that would, that would dissuade them from attacking Lexington? Uh, Lexington is haunted. You told the British troops that Lexington was haunted, yeah. and you thought that that would keep them from attacking Lexington. Now, are, are the Brits yeah. more scared of ghosts that's, than, yeah, that's uh, who... than co- the colonists were? Well, it it seemed to do the trick. I mean, if you say something's haunted, and then you, you kind of be like, look, uh, I, I remember saying this pretty, pretty uh, distinctly. I was like... Hey, you could go to Lexington with all of your army and stuff, but just remember that like it's haunted and... Uh, I wouldn't want to be you. Wow. I so, hope wait, you don't have any so dead the, relatives because they're there. So what did they say when, when you said that they was haunted? What was the reaction? Look at this, like, I've got goosebumps myself. What a great storyteller you are. Oh, mm-hmm. this, the British uh, general was like, uh, I don't believe you. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, I didn't believe it either. Until I and then I broke into my story about uh, about the the ghost that you had seen in Lexington, right? Okay, which was a it was a shame. It was actually a, um, I had a puppy that died, and uh, I said the puppy came back to life and uh, and haunted me and mm. bit me, and I and I showed him a, a like some some bite marks on my my ankle, which. Uh, Oh, oh Sammy! Sammy gave me those at a at the public house. Wait, we got aren't a you dr- clever? Did yeah. he did he bite you on the leg with the knowledge that you might need to use the ghost dog defense on the British soldiers, or was it a completely separate bite that 
you so had on your leg. It it was well. There was uh, one of the bites that he gave me uh, uh, on my right leg was definitely. Uh, he said you could use this as a story sometime, like and a I ghost was like, dog story. I was like, "Ow, stop it, Sammy! Stop it! That's not a good idea. I'll never use that story. Get your 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 chompers off my ankle." And then now, he just, did he have wooden teeth too, or is that just George Washington? I, we know eventually. there were a lot of people with wooden teeth back then, right? Well, I mean, look at my leg. Uh, Oh, mm-hmm. well, oh we didn't know some of these. Uh, yeah, I got a splinter there is here. Like, there are like a dozen various bites on your leg. Why? Oh, the Sons of Liberty. Oh, Wait, they, they were just, did everybody get bitten like this, or was it just you? We pranked everybody. Yeah, but uh, who got bit, though? Was it just you, you know, that got I, bit? I guess yeah, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, I always ended up being the one bit. That's, that's usually, it was like, it was all fun and games until Paul gets bit. That's hmm. very bizarre, like that you would be the only person that got bit if everyone's roughhousing and having a good time. Also, like, uh, why do they have to break the skin every time? Yeah, that's that a good question. seems really uncomfortable also. Was, and dangerous. You get an infection. You was know? it like you, you know, where you were you guys the... when, when we were having the meeting? Was it like you were the one that got bit and then somebody else got um, snake bites and somebody else got monkey bubbles and somebody else, you know, got stabbed? Like, well, we called that Indian burn. Did everybody oh, have okay. Indian burn? No, we really shouldn't be calling it that. But, but oh. uh, uh, you know, to Ms. Garland's point, were there other you know things that would happen to other people? Like, did other people get noogies? Or and did other paper people cuts? Paper cuts? Mm-hmm. Well, we'd hang upside down and drink until we vomit. Mm-hmm. No, okay. that's a little it's bit not, different. Yeah, it's a little different. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me we'd you... sing chants and chug beer. So then, so mm. uh, you know, going back to uh, to the original question, so did you after you told the story about your your deceased dog? Did that then? Deter the Brits? Like, what was the reaction yes, to that? Yes, go back to the story oh, yeah, of the so dog. The, yeah, well, uh, I, the, the general was like, well, that looks like a haunted dog bite to me. <gasps> mm-hmm. And then uh, he convinced uh, his lieutenant, and the lieutenant said, hey, you know, if the general says that it's haunted, it's haunted. So uh, they were all like, all right, we'll just chill out here. And then, then you decided not to attack. And then I read that they just let you go. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I... Did they think that you were a ghost? Oh, no, I've gotten goosebumps all over myself now. You know, they were so spooked. And, you know, and I had been riding all night. Did I mention it was... Yes, very uh, bumpy. So, yeah, yeah, and it was rough on my my underside. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I suppose they could tell that I had had a pretty rough night. Really, Mm. really rough go of it. And so, out of sympathy, they let you go because... Well, I gave them that information about the Lexington being haunted. And they were like, oh, thank you for the heads up on that. Okay, that makes sense. Is Lexington still haunted? Uh, No, I think that was a lie that he told to the British. Right? It's not actually haunted. It's not haunted, yeah. I mean, if it is, it would be a total coincidence. But that is an incredible, that's a testament to how uh, convincing you were that Miss Garland here really thought that Lexington was haunted. I really did. I mean, I'm usually very gullible, uh, but I really believe that Lexington is is haunted. Well, you know, Salem. Is <gasps> and uh, Salem is haunted. Oh yeah, and um, uh, the witches. I'm not sure if that's true. I mean, you know, obviously but anything. Paul what about be true? Paul said it was. What about Sleepy Hollow? <gasps> no, I don't think that there's a. That sounds terrifying. What is it? Is it the name of a city or, it's actually like or a really, is that a monster? I think Sleepy Hollow is like a really nice place to live in upstate New York. Oh, stop I, I saying think, that right? name. Sleepy oh, real estate. Yeah, if you had bought back in my day, it would. Uh, you well, would uh, definitely uh, have. Well, let's move on. I don't want to scare Ms. Garland anymore. Oh, it's like Halloween down here. Yeah, let's get let's get Ms. Let, yes, actually, I do. Let's give this girl a cup of tea or something because she, she really you. seems shaken up here. Oh, uh, but let's talk a little you, bit Nancy. about. Thank you, Nancy. What a kind, what a kind assistant. Mm-hmm. You have I've here. got like a ton of interns in here. It's really dope. It's Anyways, wonderful. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you're eager to talk about your life after the Wizard of Oz. You've talked about that movie so much already. Mm. Um, there was, I read, a push to rebrand you from the girl next door into more of a gl- glamorous pinup type of a, of a of a woman. Was this a decision that you were comfortable with, or was this like a studio move? Like, like how did that come about? I think it's safe to assume just, you know, anything that happened to me uh, in my life, it was not something that I was comfortable with or that I had approved. Really? Mm-hmm. So and that just... goes for, like, all my marriages. It goes for all my haircuts. Wait, so all your marriages were studio-appointed also? Yeah. Artie Shaw, mm-hmm. um, uh, the guy who directed um, uh, Citizen Kane, what's his name? Uh, Wells? Uh, uh, Orson Wells. I, I understand you had an affair with Orson Wells for a little while. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, was the studio put you guys together? Yeah, basically. That is a yeah. nightmare. I can't believe that. I mean, look, there, there are ways of looking at it. And again, I've gone through this with my psychologist. Mm-hmm. If you look, yeah. go through and say, oh. That is the, oh. Most, uh, the hardest working psychologist in, in America, oh, in yes. my opinion. Uh, yes, actually. They, I just took a break from our session to mm-hmm. come and, and record this with you. How long are your sessions with your today? therapist that you oh, can take a break? In the ten, hours. ten hours. Wow. Ten hours. Ten hours, six days a week. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It, 
is necessary, I have to say. Like, mm-hmm. what, they, what they put you through at such a young age is, is horrific. It's yes. like a Saw movie, basically. Yes, basically. And yeah. you really, you can't put a price on, on good therapy. Oh. You really can't. My goodness. So, yeah, so then you, so, so you're being rebranded as this pinup girl. Mm-hmm. Were you at all comfortable with that or were, were you just like rebelling against us uh, with every fiber of your being no I mean I wasn't comfortable with it but I also wasn't rebelling I was more just sort of falling asleep into it mm. and a lot of the drugs they gave me helped me do that oh you know goodness. just so, sort of so, waft through you know the the studio or in a picture in an outfit that I didn't quite agree with but you know what it, it, it's alright I'm a survivor I survived mm. so, so you did the, you did the, the Hannah Montana the Miley Cyrus before Hannah Montana yes that's right I guess you Miley could Say that yeah, I was, the, really and fair. I was the original. I was original uh, uh, Rihanna. I was the good girl gone bad, mm. and I was the good girl and, and the good girl. The gone original bad. Beyonce, right? Because you had your Beyonce. Sasha Fierce voice, yes, yes, and yes, uh, so- yes. like uh, like Judy Garland was your Sasha Fierce, mm-hmm. whereas Beyonce was like your uh, Francis Gum. That's right. right? Yes, right. yes. The Judy right before I went on stage. Mm. Yes, I must say, I really. Now we're talking about this. I, I really feel like I have done it all, and, and the only person, the only entertainer who's really not copied in, in my uh, wake is uh, Michael Jackson, you know, yeah, when yeah. I think about it. I think it. that's fair. I, I think, think it's totally fair, fair thing to say. say. Well, yeah. I think we have time for one more question each. Uh, mm. And so, uh, Mr. Revere, um, I have to ask you, after all the work that you did during the Revolutionary War, did that change people's attitudes towards you? Because I have to imagine that you have this famous ride, you have the famous uh, Boston Tea Party. It, it, was it like being a local celebrity, or did you have to keep it hush-hush to keep it away from the British? I didn't have to pay for a, a pint for forever again. Uh, yeah, for the whole war, for the rest of the war. Yeah, you you were just completely you were you were swimming in it. Uh, yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, is the and and it was like, do you want one?" And I was like, "Ah, two if I see." And it was a free night of uh, of drinking all night. It two was, by twos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did put on some weight. Uh, it oh. was nice of you guys not to mention it. Though. Oh, no. I mean, you, you seem basically the same as every every portrait that I've seen of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got about you got a, a, a nice, uh, a svelte 280, I would say. 285, 6, yeah, something like that. You're pretty good. You're very generous, though. I, I used to work at a carnival. Three. And so, you know, I was uh, pretty good at heights and ages. And, did you um, really? I used to work at a carnival? Yeah, you know, for a little while. You know, wow. the trick is that even if you're wrong... The, the toy that you're giving to people is less, it costs less than the amount they pay to have you guess their weight. Oh my goodness, so, like, I feel like that's a different kind of ghost story. It's a story. real scam You there. know, yes, I've got goosebumps all over again. And, uh, and Miss Garland, so um, obviously, you know, the studio took took awful advantage of you, really, mm. really did a number on your on your psyche. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have to ask, because you were such a huge star, um, you know, the studio system had such a, a wrench on you and your life. Is there anything that you wish you could have used your celebrity to do that you didn't have an opportunity to do because of the studio system? Like any any pet projects that you that you could have insisted or wish you had insisted to do, that sort of thing? I just wish I could have gone on the Ellen show. That's all you wanted to do. That's it. Which is go on Ellen. Just oh. go on Ellen. Now I look at it and I say, oh, rats. If only this, you know, very lovely lesbian would have been around when, when I was, you know, still taking interviews and whatnot, mm. you know, I on thought a I was the basis. only one that thought this. No, uh, you, you, I really would love to go on Ellen. I would love to go on Ellen. Mm. What, yeah, is, it, so what it, is it about Ellen? Is it, would you want to do the dancing? Yeah, the dancing, do? yes. Do you then, like her interview style or something? Yes, or? you know, I just like her. And then mm. also she has uh, people from, from the internet who yes. have no business being on television she brings them on and then you get to you get to see them uh, uh, on screen and isn't that interesting how do you feel about that people that work so much less hard to be famous now because Mm -hmm. of things like vine and instagram versus you who like your blood sweat and tears is on every bit of uh is every bit of film strip that you made you know just do you have any animosity for these people that that became famous so easily by comparison i don't know i I, look again with the with the work through the psychologist it's one of those things that you realize fame has really no sort of tangible weight to it. It mm. really, it, it most people don't survive it, you know. Yes. And uh, and it doesn't really give you any sort of like monetary thing because as Paul Revere must know, you can be very famous and still be 
broke and, and things broke. can can be very difficult. So I think you I think we have to reevaluate the way that our society looks at fame. And you know, yes, I was working very hard and sometimes, you know, these uh, weird-looking boys in backpacks uh, all of a sudden are on Saturday Night Live with Katy Perry and you think, well, isn't that fortunate that you're awkward at an age where people are <laughs> celebrating that and that there's a there's a medium that 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 found you and all of a sudden you have all these fans. And I guess that's neat, but then also, who cares, you know? Mm. I was performing because I love to perform. Yes. You know, it's how I express myself. And, and yes, I, I thought I, I, I guess I was after fame and fame found me, but then, you know, I struggled with it. So it's one mm. of those things. I, I think we look at these I people like... that go on Ellen and you have to say, are you lucky? Mm, or yes. people were looking at me, you know, when I was younger and they thought, oh, I'd love to have her life. Or Paul, you know, sometimes the way you talk about the presidents that are on Mount Rushmore or mm. John Hancock or, yeah, or it's these people all, that it's we... It's all empty, Paul. That's what it's... Judy Garland is trying to say here is that mm-hmm. you do don't need to be on a dollar bill or, or to be on Rushmore bill. or a $2 bill or anything. Mm. It's all hollow. It's intangible like the ghosts that you said were haunting Lexington. Mm-hmm, like that puppy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have uh, for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests, Paul Revere and uh, Judy Garland for joining us in the studio today. Yankees suck. <laughs> and, uh, I just have one final question. I, don't, I know it's a little bit weird, but do either of you happen to have like a Twitter account or a, a comedy show that you want to tell people about? I know it's it's a little bit bizarre, but... Uh, uh, I perform uh, with Junior Varsity. On. You, Paul Revere, perform with Junior Varsity, the yes. improv team? Yes, on uh, Thursdays. At the Magnet at, Theater, correct? Yes, the Magnet Theater. Wonderful. And uh, and uh, Ms. Garland? Oh, yes. Um, this is a very strange thing as well. It feels so strange to talk about this, but uh, I'm on a, a television show called Animals on HBO that uh, just got a third season. So if you haven't seen the first or second season, you should definitely watch that and watch out for a third season. Also, you, you could follow me. Uh, online at Peg Leggin Megan. Peg Leggin Megan. All right, if you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, famous dead people. Oh, famous dead people. Oh, famous dead people. Oh, famous dead people.